Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. Digital transformation is a term you've likely heard a lot and now even more because it's affecting how we get and provide customer experiences in new ways. I have a lot of questions lately and I bet you do too around coexisting with the AI robots. Will there be more collaboration between the two in the future or competition? Will emerging technology lead to job displacement and or new job opportunities? What is the future of work or is the future now? As we're already using wearable devices and chat GPT and blockchain, I'm bringing you an expert on these topics. His name is Marcel Fomer, a digital transformation executive who has worked at many reputable brands like Boston Consulting Group, SAP, and more in the digital space. He's brilliant. And well, you'll likely need to listen to this podcast twice to understand what he says and the lessons from his stories. The bottom line, we have an opportunity to test and learn right now and improve customer service experiences more than ever. If you want to learn how to thrive in a world filled with human hearts and robots, this is the episode for you. Please share Doing CX Right podcast with others to benefit. Subscribe to my show on your favorite channels for updates and join my newsletter on doingcxright.com for free tips and resources. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, Marcel Fulmer. Welcome to the Doing CX Right show. Stacey, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure being here today. I am so grateful to virtually meet you. We're really very far away. You're in my future time right now. So this is so perfect for the conversation we're going to have. I've been following your content for some time and it's so thought-provoking and original and creative. And so thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Uh, Stacey, many thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure, a great honor being here today. And greetings from Frankfurt, Germany. So you are absolutely right. I'm six hours ahead. Uh, so basically, you have a little bit more of the days. That's how I would call it. <laughs> yes, but digital transformation, you get a preview earlier than me. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> yes. So let's start off first. Tell my audience, who are you? What do you do professionally? Yeah, Marcel Vollmer. I'm Chief Executive Officer of Prospitalia Group, which is um, a group purchasing organization providing everything what hospitals need, so mainly medical devices, including consulting services, some analytical capabilities, what we have. And I've started my career after um, my time at university in Hamburg by being at DHL, <clears throat> doing some post-merger integration projects, setting up a customer service center. And I moved on at SAP, where I stayed uh, 14 years, a little bit longer than 14 years, setting up um, shared services, uh, globalizing it, also leading the integration of business objects, Sybase, and later on, um, becoming the chief procurement officer of SAP globally, which was really a big transformational change running now a large organization. And yeah, I also 
was at the right time, at the right place. That's how mm-hmm. I would say it, because SAP decided to acquire Arriva Field Class Conquer, more than 13 billion in total, acquiring the market leaders in the source-to-pay space. And um, being a chief procurement officer, I got asked um, also to run operations to lead the post-merger integration side. Which I, which I did, and also as chief operating officer, and I also helped some clients. How do they best transform their entire IT infrastructure as chief digital officer? <clears throat> I also have some startup experience. I left SAP, joined Celonis, a market leader for process analytics, process mining, as chief innovation officer. Um, one and a half years, I was partner at Boston Consulting Group. And yeah, since January last year, I'm now here um, as a CEO. So why? Why is your livelihood career-wise been in so much around digital transformation? I think at the end, it's... Hardest choice, like joining um, SAP. Another part is also that um, going with the time, consistently developing um, myself, and also being very actively following what's happening on the technology side. I'm definitely um, reading a lot and also absolutely um, addicted to all the technologies, the devices, what we what we all have on a regular basis. We are using our smartphones probably a little bit too much sometimes. But overall, I'm really impressed about what is possible to do on the technology side. I'm born 1970. And when you look now, now everyone knows how old I am. Um, my technology was that television got colored. Um, there was a phone. It had uh, basically a, a kind of wheel where you need to dial one number. Um, and another one was, of course, radio was, was available as well. Look where we are today. We doubled um, the population on Earth and we have access now to an unlimited number of additional technologies from blockchain, artificial intelligence, IoT, and so on. I could really go for a while with all these buzzwords. But basically, this is really a huge transformation and it also helps the people that they can improve their lives by using and harvesting the benefits from these technologies. And that's why I'm totally into the technology and why I believe that the digital transformation is key for any business, but also for all of us as humans to really deal with the changes and also benefit from it in the best possible way. What's a fun fact that people might not know about you? Oh, I'm addicted to chocolate, Swiss chocolate. Um, This is um, what I prefer. Um, as well as I love energy drinks. Probably these are two fun facts people people don't know about me. Love that. All right, let's get into the meat of the show here. So first of all, a short definition. What does digital transformation actually mean? Because a lot of people use the term in different ways. So what's your version of it and the link to customer experience? Awesome. Stacey, that's a great question. And for me, digital transformation is really to use and implement the digitally available technologies for whatever your customers need. Therefore, it's a perfect link 
on the customer experience side because at the end it's a business. You need to do everything what you um, what you can to please and to serve your customers. And by that, I believe that you need to have an end-to-end digital experience. I would even go one step further by saying, in the future, we will see bionic enterprises. And this means the digital available technologies on the one side, fully integrating for the use and the benefit of the humans who run and deal with that on a daily basis. So basically, bionic means that the technology fully integrates with the humans and is, of course, managed and run by us as people doing from customer service processes to sales activities um, to podcast, video conferences, what we all do on a daily basis um, in the best possible way. And this is really where I look forward and where I believe that every enterprise, as well as we as people, need to do the transformation and really use and benefit from the digitally available technologies. So a lot of people are still getting up to speed on what are these emerging technologies. We have AI, we have the wearable devices, we've got chat GPT. Can you share, there's so many of them, what would you say are two that are really in the front of your mind that are changing the way we work? I know there's a lot. There's a lot, Stacey, and I know time is limited, so probably focusing on two definitely makes sense. You mentioned artificial intelligence. Basically, that's a broader term, machine learning, deep learning as part of that, as part of data science, if you want to um, give it a little bit of definition. And ChatGPT is definitely very transformative. I'm totally impressed by that, and therefore it's not a big surprise that I would say the broader term, artificial intelligence, is probably the number one on the list of priorities, what I would mention. On the other side, I also warn a little bit. And when I'm at conferences in big meetings or sharing some content, I always tell the people, be a little bit careful by using or overusing this buzzword. Because there is the, it's called the Gartner hype cycle, where you really see how many times these emerging technologies and the buzzwords are used. And of course, with, with artificial intelligence, um, there's a little bit also probably from the media or basically from us as people, that, that's how we are. Everyone is in a kind of hype and thinks about, oh, this will change the world, like like the T5 from, from the Terminator movie or something like that, and machines will have full control. Let's be very realistic. It is algorithms we are talking about. They are getting better and better, but it's still us as humans who are doing a lot, first of all, to program the algorithms. Of course, not everything is possible for us to understand. Brain capacities is limited as technology capacity is. But on the other side, it is still not in the way that it is really having a conversation like we have now, asking questions, reacting on something, mimic, gestic, all what we use as humans, empathy as a broader term. So therefore, I think we need to be a little bit re realistic about that. On the other side, when I look on the technologies, I'm a big fan of blockchain technology. Why? Because I think it's a way of democratizing the data, what we have, as well as also having full transparency and data you can't manipulate. 
So it does not mean the current concept. I know it runs on a very expensive um, infrastructure, like Bitcoin does, for example. I know there's also a flip side about that. But this would be another technology, what I see in the future. When we really look how we will run our supply chains, and of course, with my experience, I do a lot in supply chain procurement, I would definitely see this as one way to follow up on products from the origination of the raw materials until the end product might be a mobile phone, something like that. What we what we have, our smartphones, um, an electric car or whatever product we have that we really know. Where are the ingredients from? It is also transparent. What is the CO2 footprint? Sustainability becomes more and more important. And therefore, we need a way to really measure that. And I believe that this could be one technology, so the distributed ledger, to go now from the blockchain chain term on the um, definition of what it is on the technology side, to use the distributed ledger technology really as um um, a leading technology in how we can really monitor, oversee, and also manage our supply chains and with that, all the products we are using in the future. Let's talk about customer service for a minute. I read that a company is launching AI where the bots work on behalf of the human to interact with customer service agents. They are negotiating a telecommunication bill, a parking ticket, and other use cases. So now, do our human customer service agents need to get trained in talking to bots? How does that work? What's your view on that? <laughs> Stacey, I think it's more the other way around that we as people... Um, uh, calling all these hotlines are getting trained more and more to talk with chatbots, even by not knowing them. I give you an example. When I moved to the United States, I lived in um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it was 2015 when I moved there. I relocated here from from Europe. Amazing time, amazing city. No doubt about that. But the calls, what I get, was was really annoying at the beginning. So, um, you know, all these automated dialers. I would not say it, it was chatbots. It was automated dialers with some basically messaging, oh, yeah, um, you could get uh, this and this service. Uh, most calls I remember were about my car insurance. Uh, that's really time for a change, um, what, I, what I have to do. But come on, if you picked up the phone, you immediately recognized, oh, wow, that's a bot, come on, disconnect the line, um, it's a waste of time. When I left um, three years later, at the end of 2017, I have to say I still received calls, but the calls really significantly improved. And this was less than three years we are talking about, 15, yeah. 16, 17. And I was impressed about how it's possible to start a conversation. And as soon as you answer, a little bit in a different way, they tie at the beginning with yes and no. Um, but as soon as, as then it comes to a conversation, that immediately an agent picks up. It's a little bit funny when you talk to a female like I do now, and then a male is on the on the line. You are getting a little bit irritated, but it was really improving and more integrated process. So basically, this is really where we see how this is improving. And in the future, I would definitely say that standard things like calling about an invoice you need to settle or basically a complaint what you have or a standard service what you ask for, 
Yes, um, we will see more and more chatbots. I was totally amazed about Google AI when um, they presented a chatbot um, uh, calling a hairdresser to ask for an appointment and really have a very lively conversation on that. This is what I believe in the future we will see more and more. And I think they are really improving. I would not be concerned if I would be a, a customer service agent. Um, the agents I have established at DHL, for example, or later on shared service at SAP. I would not recommend anyone to leave their current jobs or look for alternatives because, yes, the bots are getting better, but also the task, what you perform out of these centralized shared service centers are getting better and better. And by that, you can really augment the capabilities what you have and the service you can provide by these machines with standards. I know some might say, hey, what is this guy talking about? I'm totally annoyed about these chatbots. I don't want to talk to them. Fully agree, fully understand that. But on the other side, I think technology is there to help. And before you really need to wait for a long time to talk to an agent and something might go wrong. Um, so why not having a chatbot which works day and night helping you for, for some standard topics and use um, us as humans, um, the more expensive labor for really the more complicated topics you really want to wanna solve. That's my personal view yeah. on that. So we will see more yeah. chatbots in the future for sure. Hopefully more intelligent ones. ChatGBT would be definitely yeah. the next level what I would see. Yes. And I think we humans are getting used to talking to a bot when we call for help or chat online. We start with a bot. I think we're getting trained to do that. And the onus is on the company to apply best practices. What I'm saying here is that this is different for me as the, the agent answering the call. I now have to be trained to talk to an age to a, a bot where I'm not using high-tech terms or I'm not, you know, there's a different way of training agents now so that they're prepared to help that bot. Because in the end, that bot is the customer who's acting, you know, on, beha on behalf of the human. This is a mind shift. Absolutely, Stacey. I couldn't agree more, but I hope that technology will really improve that you don't need to adjust by any means. Yeah. Basically, the best customer experience is having no interaction or no customer experience with a chatbot because basically everything is resolved in the background and it's only basically to get a voice commandment by yes, I agree on a prolongation of a contract or yes, I want to buy these additional services or yes, I want to go in a subscription um, with Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, whatever. Um, I think this is really where I hope that the artificial intelligence will help us and we as humans don't need to change. It's the other way around. Machines yeah. will really help and the augmented way in running the business and really using the technology is hopefully that we basically can have a conversation like you and I have as human beings right now and basically everyone is getting it, or if not, that it is automatically getting resolved 
because ah, the commandment is not uh, clear. Something is what we should slightly change, or there might be language. I have a very strong German accent. You see, the three years in the United States didn't help to get rid of that. Sorry for that to all listeners. But basically, that's something also the machines. We can really expect that they develop and help us in this regard, and not that we as humans need now to learn to better interact with them. And for me, the best example, honestly, is again, the smartphone, what we are all using. You don't get a manual. Think about when I had my first smartphone, it was a Nokia communicator where you had really, it took me four hours, by the way, to connect it to the internet and really get my emails up and running. And it was a lot of frustration in between. It's not even a manual what you get with a device which has at least 50 different technologies included where you had to use different devices in the past from a camera to a GPS um, to a laptop for your for your emails, all the different different things and much more a voice recorder what you what you had in the in the past something to search in the internet and so on it's all now in one device and that's basically where I believe yeah. the technology. Um, you can use and the devices what you what you have will help you and it is at the end the customer who will define um, how to best really use it. That's the success of the iPhones what we what we see right now because yeah. it's simply easy to use our smartphones in general. Yes, uh, and I used to work for AT and T and Verizon for over fifteen years, so. I know what you're talking about, and it's mind-boggling, the evolution of, of that technology. But to continue, because uh, time is running, when you talk about chat bots, I love what you said that the we shouldn't have to change. It, it's the bots getting smarter. And I love that. It's a great reminder. I smile because there's going to be a point also that the bots are going to call the bots. <laughs> so <laughs> the, ro the robots are going to be... I don't even know how to describe this, but it's coming. It's coming for sure. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I look forward to that. But basically, that's the lights out processes, what we will see. I know it was promised already in the 90s that we will get there. We are far away. So this office was announced 10 years earlier than that. We all know it's still not paperless. So it might take a little bit longer. So therefore, the hype cycle also describes that at the beginning, technology is totally overestimated what it do in the short run, but might yeah. be totally underrated in the way what it does in a, in a long-term yeah. perspective. And, and, and this is exactly what you are describing. Bots will talk to each other. And isn't this beautiful? The best user interface in the tech industry, and I'm a tech guy, is basically no user interface because you don't need to do anything your machines are doing this in your background. And at the end, ah, yeah, I have shifted my rate for my mobile, what I'm, what I'm using because there's a great offer and I could extend my service for another two years and get a discount, something like that. Wonderful. If machines are doing that for me, a text message would be totally enough. And yes, I fully agree. Or I buy an additional service. I get better service, better coverage, something like that. And machines are doing this uh, without me interacting at all. A quick notification, all I need. Now, people are scared that as we coexist, humans coexist with robots, there's going to be job losses more and more. We see chat GPT in front of our eyes, the possibility 
of different roles and, and replacement. What is your view on that? First of all, I fully understand concerns and I always take it serious. Doesn't matter if I'm leading now a group of businesses or in my different roles, running large organizations, working in a very large um, company um, like SAP or DHL. I fully understand and um, we need also to, to uh, respond to these concerns. When you look really on the facts, and I mentioned the year I was born, around 3.4 billion people were on Earth. Last year, we passed 8 billion people. I know the world is not perfect. And I'm sitting here in Europe, we know there is a war from Russia against Ukraine, and there was a pandemic. So the world is not perfect. But nevertheless, we have the lowest unemployment rate in, um, um, in history. Um, we have overall better health situation for people all over in the world. As I said, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is improving. And we see also by that, a lot is thanks to the technology what we have access to. And it is absolutely correct, some jobs are no longer available. But on the other side, new jobs emerge. And I think there's mm. no one who wants really to shuffle coal into, into a train and do really the heavy lifting because machines can do this much better than, than we can. And uh, using um, a quote or basically a statement from Henry Ford, when you would ask some people what do they need um, back at the beginning of 19th century, they would have said um, faster horses. But you see, faster horses were not the response. The automobile mobile was. And now we see it is not less gas consumption. It is electric vehicles what we see yeah. are now emerging. And by that, we see also a magnitude of new jobs from drone pilots, artificial intelligence, programmer, um, we see data architects, data scientists, um, entire new industry like the tech industry by itself. Mm. All this really emerged. And um, WEF, the World Economic Forum, um, did a study on that. Um, about 80 million jobs will now disappear until 2025. But on the other side, more than 90 million jobs will get created in a new way. So basically, the net is we will have more jobs. But of course, some are getting replaced. I know not everyone will be a winner on that. But overall, for us as human mankind, I think it's a very positive development. And we see the benefits of the technology. Technology is not solving all the problems what we have on us. And, and don't get me wrong. But I really see that we have more benefits than we have disadvantages um, by um, additional technology. And therefore, people should not be concerned, but people need to be open to transformation. means also change, to change your role, to develop yourself. Therefore, carpe diem, my personal motto, use the day to the best extent and also think about the development opportunities. And leaders are asked, CEOs are asked, help the people to find new roles, to think about an additional career or doing something differently because there are opportunities out there and hopefully you can benefit and hopefully you have also leaders helping you on the transformation and in your personal journey to really elevate your job yeah. to the next level. Yeah. With a minute left on this question, shared services you talked about uh, in your past and thinking about future work trends, where do you see shared services fits in, in now and in the future? And what is shared services? 
There's a beautiful question, and I keep it really short. In the beginning, shared services was more for administrative operational activities. We see now with the technology, this can be done more and more by machines, and the value chain basically is moving up. People can help to solve more complex topics and look at the finance, HR, IT shared services, what I have established for, for SAP or before for DHL on the customer service side. So people are no longer just processing purchase orders, typing in information in the system. OCR can do this better. Machine-to-machine communication is now replacing OCR. And by that, people have an opportunity to more interact with suppliers, with customers, uh, with partners, and really create also value, do more meaningful value-creating activities. And by that, there's another very positive element on that. You're not getting tired about, oh, I just need to process and here's a ton of paper I need to put into the system. You have now more meaningful jobs to do where you basically can also build on your strengths, what we have as human beings, to use empathy, your communication skills, to think about, interact also with customers, solve more complex problems. And therefore, we see that shared services is still increasing. Not as short as I um, hoped for, but I hope it was okay a little bit more than one minute, Stacey, on that question. Yes, and I see this as a trend as well because the last corporation I came from literally pulled people from different departments into a shared service team to to better operationalize all the different functions that the business lines need and use to service customers better. So that's another show, another day. Finally, last two questions. What is the best leadership advice that you've either been given yourself or have given to somebody else? I think the best advice what I I have given as well as what, what I tell Um, everyone I connect with, listen carefully to the people and communicate, communicate, communicate. This is really what I believe we as leaders have to do to make Mm. perfectly clear and very transparent about what is our mission, what is the purpose, and what we are here for, and how do we really want to help the organization and people uh, to go in the future. Beautiful. And I think that as we are coexisting with the robots, I think we have to communicate even more with empathy as people are scared. That is reality. Stacey, I couldn't agree more. Empathy is absolutely key. And this is also what makes us as human beings. We have empathy. We need it. We have seen in the pandemic having less social interaction is not necessarily thing. At least I did not enjoy that at all. I missed it. Of course, I got used to Zoom calls, Teams calls, and all of that, as most likely um, uh, all the people um, in the white color jobs um, did. But basically, this is not really the way I like to communicate. And I was moderating a very big conference in Berlin in October last year, and people were coming together. It was the first time really for such a big event with thousands of people. And you could really see how hungry the people were to interact with each other and what we really missed the last two years due to the COVID uh, pandemic. So therefore, empathy is key. And I think we as human beings, we should talk to each other and we connect with each other. Yes. And finally, if you could go back in time to your 20-year-old self, based on what you know now that you didn't know then, what would you say to the younger you? Basically, 
I would love to have access to the experience now, 30 years later, so what I have done. On the other side, I would say, go your path, probably to repeat something what I have done might be not possible to do by itself. But on the other side, really enjoy life and, and don't forget really also to spend a lot of time with your family, with the people, and also ensure that you continue learning and, as I mentioned, communicate also what you're doing because you as well as the others really benefit from, from that. Absolutely. Well, thank you for all your words of wisdom and intelligence and being you, sharing all of you today. And I will include the best places to connect with you and your social media channels in the show notes. So thank you again. You're very welcome, Stacey. It was so good talking, talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacey Sherman, Doing CX Right.